0: Welcome to another Poppers and Popcorn, the podcast that does butt stuff to movies occasionally. Yes, occasionally, we try. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sometimes a little tight, a um, little slight. <laughs> how are you, Josh?
1: I'm I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I was at the beach all day. Um, it's good. It was
1: nice. Nice day. I had like a super lesbian party at Three Dollar Bill. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that place was super leszy.
0: I didn't know that either. I've only ever heard of gay men going there. Really <laughs> yeah, my friend at like seven in the morning.
1: There's like a day party that they have and my friend was having his birthday there. So we went we walked in and was like, Whoa, these are mostly lesbians. Well, cool. Yeah, it was cool. I found all the lesbians in New York City, like in one <laughs> sitting. I and thought they. That's
0: usually mo- how I feel about, like, when I walk into Copy Hall.
1: Yeah, I really. thought they moved to, like, the Midwest or something. And then I walked in uh, and <laughs> I was like, oh, way. no, I found them. <laughs> they've all just been sitting here in the afternoon. A lot of them were at the beach. Today. They're like daytime creatures.
0: They are. <laughs> more so. They, no, a lot of them were at the beach today, too. A lot of them. It's weird. But, um,. I was uh, yeah I was like next to Reese. Oh yeah, Reese. That's why yeah. Reese is the gay beach. Yeah, I was like right next. To it. It I went to the
1: Rockaways there. on Friday. I didn't go to Reese though. Oh no,
0: yeah, we didn't technically go to Reese. We went to the Rockaways.
1: I went to the because I took the ferry out there and I got shit on by either the same bird twice or two different birds.
0: That's good
1: luck. You know that's what they say, but it's disgusting and oddly warm, so it was, it was not disgusting. good luck. <laughs> and they did not even try to shit like where my shorts were. Oh, they were no. shooting on like exposed skin. That's good this is disgusting (laughs) this is gross all
0: right do you want to get into the news let's
1: let's let's do the news let's talk about some news
0: yeah what's your news item um i actually
1: want to use my news item to because today for the the, because the film we were doing i saw this morning and a trailer dropped for a movie i didn't even know that this movie was a thing Hmm. um it's written by lena waith well, she's one oh, of the writers. I saw on this there. trailer
0: too. And the
1: director is uh Malina Matsukas. Yeah. It's starring Daniel Kaluuya and it's introducing Jodie Turner Smith. It's called Queen and Slim. Uh if you the trailer you'll see, if you guys just look it up, you'll see the trailer pretty much a couple's first so date. A
0: couple weeks, I think, the trailer.
1: I didn't even know that. Like the okay. a couple's first date gets turned on the head when the cops pull them over. They end up shooting a police officer and then going on the on the run across country. Yeah. I think that this movie, first of all, it looks insane but in like a great way yeah
0: it looks like bunny and Clyde.
1: but one of the best things that's there is that india moore is in it
0: i saw, i know i saw her in the trailer and i like squealed in the theater and i'm all.
1: very excited that like it just i don't know i just feel like lena waith and also lena waith is a piece of it is that lena waith i didn't talk about this last week but she inked the deal with Amazon.
0: Oh, did she? Yeah,
1: she got, like, a deal with Amazon. I mean, a lot... I mean, Janet Mock, I think, got a deal with Netflix recently. Like...
0: Who doesn't have a deal with Netflix at this? Not to knock their accomplishments, but, like... I but
1: I think know. it's... It's it's powerful when, like, black queer people, like, get these platforms, but yeah. they're also making content that's like... Before they, before they get the platform, they were making content that was true to them and what they wanted to do.
0: Everything Janet Mock has been doing on Pose this season is, like, insane. She, First of all,
1: Janet Mock lived this. And Janet yeah, exactly. Mock is literally telling the story of her friends who aren't here to tell their stories.
0: It's incredible.
1: And I think it's one of the most powerful things ever. And, like, Lena Waithe honestly has come into the game, like, this unapologetic, like, lesbian woman... Like unapologetic about it, yeah, and has been doing like great. Work. I mean, even when I was first introduced to Lena Way through Master of None, which I
0: think that's how I was too.
1: Which, by the way, is television gold. I I just rewatched. It was really good. I just rewatched the two seasons, and I was just like, yeah. "Why isn't this a thing anymore?" Like, this is so well, good. But like, I was introduced to like. Lena Waithe there and Lena Waithe is great and the fact that like yeah.
0: that Thanksgiving she, episode of Master of Night? Yeah. yeah, with the
1: girlfriend is so good yeah, yeah. and um also Lena Waithe she does a, a contest for through AT&T for like young filmmakers to do a short film Oh really? And, like a mentorship program oh, like that's awesome. Lena Waithe is out here like penciling the way for others that's great. and I think that it's really great when somebody who gives back to the community does great things and like the fact that Lena Waithe wrote this movie it's like it's like a black Bonnie and Clyde and like yeah. the story looks fun and it looks really cool and like to be honest with you like it gave me remnants of, like, Moonlight with the way that it's shot.
0: Yeah, it looks gorgeous. The color
1: scheme is very Moonlight also. And, like, Daniel Kaluuya, he can do no wrong in my eyes. Pretty much. I so, I'm very excited to see this movie. And, like, I just wanted to use my news. I didn't bring awareness to that because I feel like
0: yeah.
1: not a lot of people... I, I haven't heard any buzz about the movie. I hadn't heard a thing about it. Yeah. So, I was like, if I can u- use the chance to, like tell people like this is a thing and yeah. it comes out in like november which yeah, is great oscar season prime oscar season but also it's like a lull in like blockbusters and shit so yeah
0: not really like, really november is usually like thanksgiving There's i feel like november and stuff right? is a lot
1: more indie because i feel like when we were there's always
0: a marvel movie in november usually true not this year but, but, but... i mean
1: like you know how like in the summer we have like week to week back to back oh, to back, yeah, to back. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like bumper to bumper traffic you know like i mean yeah. you'll get like one yeah, around Christmas. Like you'll get, like, the big Christmas movie and you'll get, yeah. like, around Thanksgiving time. But I feel like... And if it comes out, like, first week of November, it's a perfect slot.
0: Yeah, I wonder... Yeah, because I don't know what blockbuster is coming out first week of November this year. I think there is one, but I don't remember what it is. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, that movie... I love the trailer. I, I for some reason I hadn't seen it. I know it came out a couple of weeks ago, but I hadn't seen it um, until I saw this movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I'm like really pumped about it. <laughs> My friends and I like all looked at each other, and were like, "Man, hey, that looks awesome." There's
1: That's like cool. a lot of. There was actually a couple of movies that like the trailers dropped recently. I was, hey, recently late and I was like, "Yeah," but I mean, like yeah. a lot of the movies coming out like in our fall winter lineup got yeah. some good promise. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot good. of promise coming out. So like Well
0: a lot of the festival announcements um for like Venice, which actually brings me to my news item, but like um Yeah, swing in there. For Venice and Tiff, um all announced their like lineups for you know the festivals, and that came came with that a bunch of new trailers for movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I want to talk about uh, going into the the festival sphere here, little something that we usually talk about a little bit more. Um, both TIFF and Venice are getting Todd Phillips's Joker movie, like Joaquin Phoenix. There, Warner Brothers is doing an Oscar push for Joker. <laughs>
1: Um, I can see that.
0: I mean, yeah, Martin Scorsese at one point was producer. Yeah. Um, it's just...
1: I mean, you have, like, to be honest with you, you get Joaquin Phoenix on and you know for a fact he doesn't do franchises. You go, we're just going to make this really, like, suspenseful, like, mental thriller and try to get awards from it. I think it's a good idea for Warner Bros. to do that also because, like, I mean, to be honest with you, that'll give some credence... But like you know, like I mean, to yeah. be honest with you, they've been like the lot. Li- like when you put them up against Marvel, like and in the zeitgeist of things, they've been like sort of a laughing stock in the way that their movies have yeah. come out. Yeah. So I think that like at this point they're like you know what, fuck it. You want to laugh at us? We're gonna get really good filmmakers to make one-off movies, and they're is all gonna Tom be really Phillips fucking good. A
0: really good filmmakers. Well,
1: not I mean not only him. I mean like when you think about like what they're trying to do with Birds, of, but like they're just going like right now yeah. Warner Bros. They're not doing like a cinematic universe right now. I think what they're doing is they're like we're gonna make one-off really good dark and cool movies
0: that are like halfway connected yeah that are like semi-connected i mean the joker stuff that i've
1: seen so far looks cool yeah
0: no i think it looks great
1: so i mean to be honest with you the fact that they're tossing it into film festivals i think is like a really good idea yeah i
0: mean sure (laughs) it's it's crazy to even think of like you know because when this movie was announced i was like this is gonna suck You know, and then the trailer came out and the cast came out and everything, and I was kinda like, Well, okay, this looks like it's a real movie, but now they're like one of our just has like confidence in it.
1: Well, you know that like They've seen it and they're like,
0: We want this for Oscars. And like, what? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, you know that Melissa McCarthy movie, Tiffany Hiddish and like Emily Blunt, that mob movie, that's a DC film.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean it's, I it's mean, like DC vertigo. Yeah, but like, I mean, like, yeah. it's still
1: under like the Wonder Bros. umbrella. So you know for a fact that at this right. point, Wonder Bros is just like, to be honest with you, we don't give a shit. <laughs> like, the one thing that we're not gonna be right now is compared to fucking Marvel. Yeah. Like, Marvel, you go have fun with your movies. We're gonna be at award season, and all of our actors are gonna be standing on stage well, getting trophies. Marvel had that last year. That's true. With the Black Panta.
0: Yeah. But like I feel like DC is going about it in the more traditional way almost. Yeah. Because like they, it seems like maybe they tried to make an awardsy movie. Whereas like Black Panther, they weren't trying to make an awardsy movie. They just yeah. made an awesome. movie. They just movie made an awesome that, movie that, like, that got awards. That Yo. like the Oscars were suddenly like, oh.
1: I think DC might just try to go like we're gonna make a bunch of fucking indies. About superheroes. Birds
0: of Prey sounds like an indie. Birds
1: of Prey sounds 100% like an indie film. And then,
0: like, Wonder Woman 1984 is gonna be their, like, tentpole. Yeah. But it sounds... Au- that movie sounds awesome. I don't know it
1: also does sound awesome. But also, I don't know why we're going back. Whatever. But, like...
0: It doesn't... They, they're, like, nullifying... I think to a degree, Justice League.
1: 100%. And to be honest with you, I think that that's the wiser thing to do for DC. Yeah, just like, who cares? I think the reason why I'm 100% on board for this is because, Mm -hmm. well, number one, the Marvel slate that's coming out is very exciting. It is. But I think that, like, DC, what they should have done from the get go was try Mm -hmm. to set themselves apart from Marvel. They shouldn't have tried to follow the same archetype for a while like they were trying to like yeah. push for like this DCE like an extended universe right. and like this but episodic they were trying to team do up movie but they shoehorned everything really quickly
0: yeah they, it seemed like they were trying to do what Marvel was able to do without they wanted with, less with still the pretense of like the Christopher Nolan Batman era where yeah. they, especially when they made Man of Steel and he was like a big producer on it and then you got the next movie was Batman vs. Superman which was like <sighs> On paper, that would be such a good idea.
1: But, well like I think wasn't there so supposed bad. to be like I might be wrong about this, but wasn't there supposed to be like Man of Steel 2 and then there was like really extenuating sharpening. circumstances, circus and then like, they were like, just throw Batman in there.
0: Yeah, I don't remember t- exactly what happened. Because but I think
1: Man of Steel got such bad reception that they were like, all right, well, we're just going to bring out Batman. Yeah,
0: they kind of just were like, well, if you don't like that, we're just going to make something that you will like. And then they just kind of threw everything into a movie that they thought people would like. Because what they should have done, they sh- called it a sequel. They should have just bad. done a
1: Superman versus Lex Luthor movie. And then Batman versus Superman was number three. And then the Justice League came next. Sure. But, whatever. But, I mean, to be honest with you, if they're going to do a bunch of one-off, independent films that have nothing to do with each other, and it's just, like, really fun, crazy movies, all balls to the wall, it's artistically stamped by, like, the director as just, like, passion projects, I'm in, I'm I'm down, I'm okay with them, so...
0: I would love to see if... Because, like, all these characters between Marvel and DC, they all deserve the diversity that dc is allowing right now well yeah um in terms of like just storytelling so like i'd like to see that
1: i think also that i think also the thing with dc though is that like their streaming service isn't doing that well and they project that disney plus is gonna do really well and when you see that disney
0: plus might even like kill netflix down
1: the line when you see like this marvel like after endgame comes out and you see that they have a lineup for like another like seven years you're like all right well i guess i just gotta go back to square one and make whatever i feel because
0: like the marvel lineup is good but it doesn't even have black panther 2 it doesn't have guardians 3 like there are still great movies that aren't even announced yet that are turning that they know that they're making
1: well i think that they didn't do that because the reason why i think they learned from phase three where they had to toss in humans out the window and move things back and they're like, look, we're just gonna give you the the dates of things that we have confirmed. Yeah, yeah. And I don't
0: think everybody was mad that in humans was taken Yeah, But I mean like they
1: I mean they just got like James Gunn back, but J- they have to get him after he's done filming Suicide Squad 2. Yeah. Like it's there's yeah. a lot of things we have to iron it's out so right juggling. now. And they're like, to be honest with you, we're gonna get them and yeah. next year at Comic Con, you guys are gonna get like an ex. Extended map of this extended map.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure more announcements are done. It's Especially like downloadable Fantastic content Four. for the
1: downloadable content. Yeah. By that time, Fantastic Four will have broken news and I'm have sure. a director. To be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if like next Comic Con was the unveiling of the Fantastic Four cast. I That'd mean, awesome. the comic books are currently making Mister Fantastic look like late. John Krasinski, so you know, he, he would, he would when the comics it. start drawing you the way, like, the way that they did with, like, Samuel yeah. Jackson, the yeah. way that... Yeah, true. When they start true. drawing you to look yeah. like someone, it's because they're like, you know you're doing this, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I don't want to. And they're like, well, what you want to do isn't necessarily what you're gonna <laughs> do. <laughs> so.
0: Back to Joker, this one makes me wonder if it's going to potentially even, um, like open the new york film festival or something because that starts like september 27th it somewhere. might um because be it was really shot cool. in new york it was shot all in like brooklyn yeah yeah so brooklyn they're Green they're gonna Green
1: have like the bronx. made in new york stamp. yeah they shot in like the around the bedford uh stop in the bronx yeah but yeah it's gonna have the made in new york stamp it's gonna go to tribeca yeah I, well, I, I no, pre-
0: tribeca at new york film festival oh yes yeah, yeah, knife yeah
1: knife, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's gonna go it's going to... We'll
0: see. Well, because it opens... The, oh, I like, mean, I would it, hope it I hope it would. Well, the thing is, it opens a weekend during the festival. Like, it opens oh, October 4th or something, the festival oh, starts, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. Friday okay. prior. So, like, the, it either has to be the opening night thing, or, like, it's just going to open. <laughs> You know? yeah
1: yeah well if it opens then probably not because it doesn't make sense to like
0: it doesn't make sense. nobody's gonna go see joker at, at a like, festival, the festival screening when you can open. go to the amc
1: yeah and get you your good popcorn and use your movie pass i remember right. i saw the florida VIP project
0: at new york film festival like like a few days before it opened but like i wanted to see like willem dafoe talk about it and stuff so
1: oh yeah i mean to be honest with you i mean people will go see it if joaquin phoenix is going to talk about it i don't know that's if he true will. I'm the members. To well, be honest with you, I want to see Joaquin show. Phoenix on this press tour.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see what the press. He looks like.
1: really like Joaquin Phoenix interests me as a person. Mm-hmm. He's fucking weird. Oh yeah, he's really weird. He's so bizarre.
0: You, were, do you remember? Did you see um? What was that movie called? That, uh, Inherent Vice. Because I've seen it eight, <laughs> eight times. I really hate that movie. I love that movie. Oh, I, I paid
1: eight times to see it in theaters. Oh
0: my god, it's so.
1: I love PTA. Uh, it's
0: similar to, th- so do I. But I think that's like his worst film.
1: It's very similar. To- we'll talk. We'll-
0: yeah. Um, no. Uh, what was it? he made? The- he made it last year. You were never really here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It? I didn't
1: see it, but I heard about very it.
0: Taxi driverish. But um, yeah, no. He his press tour on that was kind of. Yeah, I think he also. Had, I think
1: he had a fun. I think he had a fun t- uh press season for uh Sister Brothers too, because mm. it was him and John C. Riley. So I mean, to be honest, which is with just you, goofy. And to be honest with you, no one has ever on earth had a bad time when John C. Riley exactly. was in the mood. Like if John C. Riley or Will Ferrell are in the room, like no one's having a bad time. That's They're notoriously known as like anytime you're doing press with those guys, it's great. They're yeah. fun. They keep like the mood light and fun and. Joaquin seems like such like an intense person, like, so cra- like
0: like he seems like really crazy. Yeah, so like when like he's John like C. Dunker.
1: when John C. Riley is like shoving like gummy worms in his mouth, like Joaquin is just like I'm at home. Yeah, so yeah,
0: a gummy worm.
1: So I'm excited for that press tour. I think the Joker press tour is gonna be cool. I don't I'm know who else is. I don't know who else like. is casted.
0: Robert De Niro's in it. Um, Zazie Beetz is in it. I know. Um, I forget who's playing Thomas Wayne. <laughs> Somebody kind of important it. Is was there was Jim? There's Alec a, Baldwin for a minute. There's a Jim
1: Gordon out. in this movie,
0: right? Not that we know of. It could oh, be. What the
1: fuck? Yeah. This is
0: cool. No, yeah. I don't know what this movie's going to be. Okay, wait. Who else is in it?
1: Robert. Oh, O'Shea D.
0: Wiggum's in it. Brian Tyree Henry's in it. Mark Mark Maron's in it. Francis Conroy's in it.
1: Did Brian Terry Henry just get cast as something for Marvel?
0: Yeah, he's in the Eternals.
1: Yes. And so is Robert Madden.
0: He hopefully is playing a gay
1: character. Uh, Hopefully he can punch my teeth out.
0: (laughs) All right, shall we get to our movie? You want to
1: dance into the movie? I'm actually really excited to talk about this movie because I've been very excited for this movie. This week, as promised, we will be doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Josh's favorite. Uh, He's one of my top two people, and this movie stands true. Um, It's starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Who's that? Well, who's that? I mean, you know him <laughs> from Titanic.
0: What about the? I know him from the Beach. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, like cool? No, he did that. He did that. Um, crazy. Like it was like a drug field movie that Danny Boyle made right before he made Twenty Eight Days Later, that starred Leo DiCaprio and to Swin. And that's why. Oh, it's wild. Oh, I need to see it, that. It's like it's like it's not that great, but it is crazy. I need to see that. Yeah, it's also anyway, got um. <laughs>
1: um my father Brad Pitt. <laughs> you know me and Brad Pitt share a birthday. Sure. And that's why I'm in love with him. I believe you. I'm also in love with him because Mr. and Mrs. Smith turned me on to relationships filled with altercation. Oh my god. I, was, I remember being like in 6th grade going that's what I want out oh, of life. No. <laughs> um it's also got someone who I'm very happy was in the room, Harley mm. Quinn Smith. Uh-huh. My favorite director's daughter.
0: Mm. <laughs> Wait, she's in Miss Mrs.
1: Smith? No, she's Jennifer in this Smith? Harley Quinn Smith. Oh, is, is she one of one the... of the the star children? Oh,
0: fucking a!
1: Harley Quinn Smith is okay. First of all, this cast is bizarre. And Margot Robbie. It's got Margot Robbie. Yes, one hundred percent. I'm sorry, I just got so excited to talk about Harley Quinn. <laughs> um, let me see. I, I was just Speaking like of Harley
0: Quinn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking
1: yeah. of Harley Quinn, um, Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate, which was lovely was great hold on i have to read you guys this whole cast because margaret
0: qualley um al pacino
1: yes al pacino dakota fanning timothy oliphant yeah
0: he was kurt
1: russell luke perry was in this for a minute yeah rest in peace
0: damian lewis for a quick minute yes
1: mike mo rumor willis Bruce Willis's daughter and Demi Moore's kid who oh, won dancing so, okay, with the stars. Wait.
0: All of the star children were like famous people. Lena, Lena, Dunham, was Lena Dunham was one of them. Lena Dunham
1: was one of them. Rumor Willis actually played Sharon Tate's friend oh, who came over with oh, the baby.
0: Okay, okay, okay. I, okay, I did kind of recognize
1: her. Yeah, this cast was kind it was, of... It was bananas. Yeah. I mean, Dreamer Walker. Like, who's seen her in a while? I can't even tell you who that is. Like, this... <laughs> oh my god yeah this cast was weird oh my god this movie was wild
0: okay so what did i mean what were your first impressions from the trailers and stuff
1: um here's the thing i understand tarantino's auteurship so i knew for a this movie was gonna be super long Mm -hmm. and um b i didn't know what to expect because the trailer that i saw was the whole like carrying his load wink wink nudge nudge joke so I what I thought this movie was going to be was more series of vignette type kind of like how when um Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did Four Rooms and okay, it was yeah. that was kind of broken into four different acts based on four different stories. So I thought this was going to be more of like storybook because like I knew Margot Robbie is Sharon Tate. Right. Okay that doesn't relate to anything that's going on here. I so I thought it's that this cool. would, yeah, I thought this yeah. would, I thought it would be kind of more vignette, which it kind of, it kind of did that, it, but not a really.
0: It less, uh, less um, formally. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that,
1: the, I thought this movie was going to dig more into Hollywood in the sixties and seventies. Cause there was a lot of different genres happening at the right. same time that were all very prevalent. Right. So I thought that again, it would be more vignette because you were going to see like more actors that were doing more like different things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, I mean the sixties and the seventies was like, as tv was coming up and like film and tv were fighting in the 50s but then like in the 60s and 70s film kind of became like this big thing again like it once was there was like that law and then it was coming back up so like you know that's where the time like movies are really cool like i mean yeah it's problematic we have black exploitation films but those are still like a very big thing we had very Mm -hmm. big kung fu films like a lot of the archetypes that we have from film today came from movies back then right so like i thought we were gonna see like a lot more of that and like to be honest with you tarantino is a film buff and he's a film kid through and through you don't say yeah 100% (laughs) like he's that super hoity-toity pretentious film kid and so that's what i thought yeah that's what i thought i was gonna see here but i'm not upset with what i saw um so that was my first impression what about yours
0: um i mean the trailer is kind of as far as like tarantino trailers go um, this is the most excited I've been for one of his films in, like, a while, probably okay. since Inglourious. Huh, okay. Um, yeah, Django, I, I, like, sort of like, and Hateful Eight, I don't like.
1: I was hyped for Django, and I was, I was hyped for the production of Hateful Eight. I was hyped for The eight. production,
0: the, the, I did see I will, it in the, um, the roadshow. Yeah. That was so much fun. That's I what I was excited that. for. And I just, like, don't like that movie that much. Um. It's d- just d- a Django bunch of, people. it's eight
1: like, people in a room arguing.
0: Right. But, for, like, three fucking hours <laughs> it's a big one (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like yeah no I mean this I mean this cast this uh, purported story um, I've always kind of had a little bit of an interest in like the Manson murders and um, Sharon Tate's murder in particular especially yeah it kind of had it it wasn't like there on Mad Men I love Mad Men Mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite shows of all time um but like Mad Men had always kind of like hinted that like Mad Men always like kept it in your brain that that was a thing that was about to happen to yeah. somebody in the planet. Um. So yeah, no, I've always been like since Mad Men, I've kind of been really interested in a story. And then I mean Leo, Leo, and Brad in the trailer are hy- hysterical. So I was yeah. I was super pumped. Uh, I and mean, I, I have to say, I mean, like, I mean, I have I, I definitely have my problems. I have my problems with most Tarantino movies, but like. There is a long period of this where I was like, "This is maybe his best work."
1: <laughs> um, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, coming from somebody who like follows this man, right. yeah. Um, it's almost impossible not. He's the, even if you don't
0: like Tarantino, I feel like it's yeah. impossible not to follow him because he's so interesting. He's to, so, like his films are so, I don't know. They just carry such a yeah presence. Anyway, well,
1: to be honest with you. I'm not that big of a Leonardo DiCaprio fan. Sometimes I think Fair he's enough. a bit overrated. In this movie he did the damn thing. It was incredible. He did amazing and I think that like Tarantino he's 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 an auteur who likes to work with his friends. Yes. And friends of his friends.
0: He does a good job expanding his friend circle though. Yeah. With every
1: movie. Yeah, he's not Spike Lee where it's the same eight people doing different things. Right, Which, right, I right. But like Corey I think. for Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. I think the cool thing here is that like. The, well, the cool thing about Tarantino is that he makes his friends play very different roles. Because. Right. He's like, I'm going to just tell a totally different story. And he also does this really cool thing in his films. And like this little Tarantino verse where he plays with time like things we know happened in time Uh and then he goes well this is something that would be really funny if it happened then right and you're like what like inglorious bastards Django Unchained it's like like, a lot of his later stuff is like so we have this big historical event right Mm -hmm. now what if I put these five people in this historical event we'll see yeah. <laughs> and then you get like a really bizarre story and the one yeah. so the thing that this movie kind of reminded me of did you see the coen brothers hail caesar yeah
0: yeah, i really like that movie actually i really i love hail caesar yeah. i really
1: like the coens this movie did what i wanted from hail caesar which is where you huh. get into the mind of an actor I yeah. I wanted it to be deeper with George Clooney's character who's playing in like this Ben Hur and like he's again he's again this washed up actor who is dealing with the fact that this younger like younger actors are coming in and taking his place. I think that Tarantino did it well with the use of going from TV to movie back to TV mm-hmm. where it's like you're this washed up has been and he even goes where like I mean we cast you as the antagonist for TV shows, because people don't see the character getting their ass kicked, they see Jack Cahill getting right. his ass kicked, mm-hmm. and like Leonardo DiCaprio, like he gives such great performance here oh, yeah. as someone who's just trying to keep it together because he he needs this and he wants this, and Brad Pitt I think does an amazing job as like this like overly confident outcast <laughs> he 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 felt more
0: like a cowboy in this movie than i've i've like seen him feel i think
1: and i think that was the point here yeah yeah is it's because always, like, he's
0: kind of the person that uh he's like i carry leo, the load like Or that leo is supposed to kind of yeah embody.
1: like every, he's everything leo can't be exactly like he can fight <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: he he <laughs> He can hold his alcohol way uh-huh. better. Like, you know, like, Leo has, like, this incessant loneliness. But Brad Pitt's got this dog who was, like, his everything. And he's, like, fine. He yeah. gets on
0: Margaret Qualley enough and, like, whatever.
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> fine. He also, like, has a lot of self-control where he doesn't bang a 17-year-old. Like, right. he's, like, he has, like, this know-how. He's not just, like, this boss to the wall person. He may or may not have killed his wife. And the, everyone yeah, knows strange. it. Yeah. I like that. I like that that's i like it because it kind of forces him and leo's character to be together because you're like if you're this talented stuntman why are you shackled to this one man and it's because like in hollywood word gets around it's like dude like you killed your wife and you got off on it we all fucking hate you but we need this guy and this guy's only gonna work with you so you're gonna work with us and like it's a very hollywood thing (laughs) it's a very hollywood thing and like it made so much sense and it worked so well. And I think Brad Pitt played it up so well also because, like, the one thing is, like, this movie does a really good job at doing those cut, like, the, the inner cuts with, like, X... Because they don't give you this exposition dump. Uh It's not like, like Brad Pitt's like, she was yelling at me on a boat and I was holding a harpoon gun.
0: No, no. You
1: get an intercut of like him just putting on scuba gear while this woman yells at him and he's just holding a harpoon. Yeah. And then it cuts back and then he kind of gives a smile and you're like, did you do it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? Cause he doesn't even say anything about it. And like, he never references. Every People have said to him multiple times, they're like, you killed your wife. And he's just like. So am I going to, you going to let me work with you or like yeah, not? Yeah. or he never
0: really acknowledges it. He doesn't. Which I kind of, yeah, I kind of enjoy
1: that. Like no one here really acknowledges like these big points about yeah. them, which I really like. Because they're all just going on with life.
0: Yeah, that is something that I really appreciated from this movie. That I can't say I've ever seen Tarantino do before. Is this kind of just like sitting in these characters lives for a very long time without this um you know omnipresent tension well no okay so we know we know that the manson murders are gonna happen at the or like some manson murders at some are gonna point happen at the end of this movie like that is what this I is building to. so
1: i didn't know it was at the end i thought it was some point in this movie fair enough um, I thought it was going to be more like mid pointy, late Act Two, yeah, and then we're moving into Act Three of like this melancholy Hollywood. To be honest with you, the very beginning of this movie, I didn't fully know the plot. Yeah, yeah. I liked that I didn't know the plot because it. I That's got the best to, way to go into it. Well, I didn't have to sit down and be like, check off inciting incident, check yeah, off yeah. break into Act Two. I, you just kind of get thrusted into this movie, and here you are, and you're going right. So like yeah, but like but, I knew they were gonna happen at some point.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Like they were definitely this like presence throughout this movie that caused some tension. Yes. But there was nothing in this movie besides like two scenes toward the end that was like, you know, Hans Landa drinking milk or any or like or like dishing butter out with any of those classic and glorious scenes the the beer scene in the in the tavern. Yeah. There was nothing like that throughout this movie. And it really to me it felt like Tarantino was leaving his comfort zone mm-hmm. of like Tarantino is a master of tension and like that's not talked about enough honestly. Mm-hmm. But in this movie the tension is so it's like it's on such a low burn throughout while these characters are just like living their lives living this like day in the life of the of of three very different people somebody who's a rising star a falling star somebody who does not give a shit about stars and doesn't mm-hmm. like the fame that they have i loved the juxtaposition of all of them as they just all went through i think the first two acts before um the big climax that's mm-hmm. like it's like it's only two days isn't it
1: the first two uh, the first two hours
0: or so it's only like two days i think
1: um, It's about a it's a it's a couple days. I know it's, most of it is one day. It's a it's a couple days because because I know that one big section, the Bruce Lee getting tossed into a car section, right? That's a flashback. There's a couple things that are like oh, there's a couple big, of little flash. There's a couple really long flashbacks, but like <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, I thought were just actually that was, happening.
0: <laughs> that long flashback with the Bruce Lee incident though is perfect.
1: I thought that was gold. <laughs>
0: One of the best scenes of this movie.
1: Anyway. Like, yeah, but like, yeah, there's like some really long like I didn't really get a sense of time in mm-hmm. this film, which I like. Yeah, no, I like The fact that the you just distortion. said that like they were two days makes me uncomfortable, but I also am like, he did only wear three outfits. So yeah. maybe. I
0: can only I can only picture like two actual days before the big climax, and then obviously that's all just on one night. Um so yeah, I mean Watching these characters go through their lives, you know... A sp- I was so drawn to Margot Robbie. Um,
1: okay, I have slightly a problem. Not really a problem. Um, Margot Robbie doesn't really speak in this movie.
0: That is, that is definitely a problem, and I don't think... Obviously, that's not Margot Robbie's fault.
1: Um, I know. No, I'm not saying it's a problem on her. I think... I'm well, Tarantino. here's the thing. Here's what I think happened, because we know for a fact Tarantino doesn't hate women... Um, he really...
0: Uh, there's that last scene that's a little... Yes. <laughs> I'm one... not sure. <laughs>
1: okay, well, the reason why I know Tarantino doesn't, like, hate women is because he really loves watching his wife beat on people. Like, the Kill Boom... And, like, I mean, let's be real. Like, he he's had some cool...
0: He's had good female characters. Yeah, I
1: mean, Jackie Brown is... A-
0: this movie, he felt a little bit mad.
1: Well, what? No, you know what I think? I think that there was he wanted to have this like elusiveness around Sharon Tate, which I because for so he wanted long. this naivete to this character because you know this character is gonna be murdered. Yeah, if you see this character as like as like a wood nymph for like this like That's ethereal exact- yes. angelic presence everywhere they go. That's a great way Where there's, there's, there's this like youth to her mm-hmm. where like everyone in this town is so gritty, but this one person who's so youthful, all she wants to do is go watch a movie she's in. She calls, That's she calls me. them the dirty movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Like there's just like this youth to her. So like it lends you to have extreme amounts of fear when there's a shaggy man walking around her house. Yep. Because even where it's like, she hangs out with her ex-fiance. It's not like, are they sleeping together? Are they are they not sleeping? It's not like that. Right. It's really like, this man's madly in love with her and he's waiting for her husband to fuck up, but they're all really great friends and her husband trusts her and she trusts him and yeah. she moves her friends in because she doesn't like being alone when she's pregnant. Like she, There's this youthfulness to her. There's this like... And to be honest with you, I'm sure there was that youthfulness to Sharon Tate.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. why people loved
1: her, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm not really well-versed in how the perception of her before her death was but i don't think that she was a person that like when you found out how she was murdered you were like you weren't like oh my god why yeah (laughs) and i think that like that's what tarantino was trying to catch with this character because i mean the few scenes that she does have that are solo i am in love with i adore it. that the, the, her watching her the movie, movie the theaters movie theater. i think the movie theater scene was amazing i hate people who take their shoes off and put their feet up in public but i was okay the, with the, it the
0: foot footage was on full display here
1: Tarantino. yeah I was okay with it. It was weird, but I was okay it was with weird. it. Weird, it was fine though. Um, that scene where they went to the Playboy Mansion and she was just dancing. I loved that. Too. In my yeah. head, it's really funny. I left the whole Sharon Tate thing, and I was saying to myself, "I was like, we are in a time right now for a Mark where Margot Robbie is. She's not a star lit. She's a star.
0: Oh yeah, she's a star now,
1: and she's reveling in that stardom. Yeah, and she fucking deserves it.
0: She absolutely deserves it. And
1: To be honest with you, she was a delight in this film. I think she was an extreme delight. She deserves a little bit more dialogue. (laughs) She deserves a lot more dialogue. Not a lot. She does deserve a little bit more dialogue. but I I get what he was going for. I understand what he was going for. And she nails it. And you know... Who did a surprisingly no, you know, did a surprisingly okay job? Hmm. Dakota Fanning, because I didn't know that was Dakota Fanning. I didn't even recognize her in this movie. She was squeaky. Squeaky. Yeah, no, I didn't even recognize her. I was like, oh yeah, I like
0: look up after her. You know
1: what? I forgot. I forgot that Dakota Fanning is like a great actress. She she is. Yeah. Like an actor. I forgot that. Like as a kid, she was doing interstellar movies. I forgot that Dakota Fanning can do almost anything yeah. when she puts her mind to it. Like She's really good. as if I hadn't seen like Secret Life of Bees before. Yeah. I, like, like if I didn't see like yeah, like Dakota Fanning She's can do whatever great she wants. In
0: that War of the Worlds movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, she was the best part of the Twilight films. When she was in the oh, Volturi and she was right. fucking terrifying. I,
0: have, I actually haven't seen most of it. Yeah.
1: Let me tell one. you something. Dakota Fanning's is the stakes for all of the next three films. Uh-huh. Like there's like, there's like no stakes. You're like, whatever. And then every time Dakota Fanning's on screen, you're like tense. <laughs> you're like, someone's going to die, <laughs> and I don't know if it's me. Oh, like, Dakota Fanning's great, and I think her Squeaky was great. Um, she was really Lena crazy. Dunham. Ugh.
0: I mean, she she was good at what she had to communicate. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, she didn't have, I don't know, I didn't care. It I was thought, almost more there for the
1: cameo. I thought the guy that played Tex was Taylor Kitsch. No, it's yeah. It's not. I was
0: kind of hoping it was. It looks it like looks Taylor Cage. Like, yeah, it looks like cuz yeah. in my head I was
1: like, yeah, that he played Gambit. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I mean, I mean, I also want to bring attention to Margot Qualley. M- Margaret Qualley? Margaret okay.
1: Is it Margaret? I think it's Margaret Cawley. I know who you're talking about.
0: Um, she, yeah, she's the one who Brad Pitt kind of is hitting on. Yeah. Um, She's been great for a long time. She was great on The Leftovers, um, especially in the first two seasons that she was on. She has two seasons and, like, one or two episodes in season three. Okay. But um, And she, in this movie, yeah, it's Margaret. is so... She has so much energy in this movie. She's almost, like, the exact opposite of what Sharon Tate is in this movie, mm-hmm. um, where she's kind of this, like, sexual spirit as opposed to this more angelic spirit. And obviously, you know, Sharon Tate being a victim of uh, Charles Manson and Margaret Qualley's character being a supporter, mm-hmm. that kind of dynamic interplays well.
1: Um. Yeah. And I think that also, though, the thing about Margaret Qualley's character is that there's still this sort of level of innocence To her, Mm -hmm. in comparison to, like, say, a squeaky, based on even the way she's dressed in this film. And, like, everyone else is kind of in, like, dirty and ratty clothes, and they all look a mess, and she's in very clean clothes yeah. and she's the only one that actually acknowledges people and like smiles she seems at like a them. new
0: person to the cult <laughs>
1: she's yeah yeah she's been in the cult for a couple of hours yeah. i mean everyone knows don't just bring someone up in here right. and she's like charlie's gonna dig you yeah oh my oh, god yeah oh my god where's yeah. everyone they need to see you it was wild so speaking of that to talk about your thing for tension
0: let's go to that scene
1: that scene in that house was very tense for me oh absolutely because one you don't know what you're gonna get nope you don't know what you're gonna see because it is a tarantino film yep also, this squeaky character is just sitting on the couch watching TV mm-hmm. while all of these cult people are just staring at the house. And if you have any back knowledge about this cult, you know what they're capable yeah, of. Yeah, we know what
0: we know. What like could happen in this? scene. And you're like, Brad second.
1: Pitt isn't gonna die here, but is like it, he? would,
0: it wouldn't be that shocking if he. It's had. like
1: well, we watched what he did to Bruce Lee, but can he do that to all of these people? I was kind of <laughs> hoping for that a little. <laughs> and the crazy eighty-eight again. Yeah. <laughs> but like. There was tension there, like, even with him just opening a door. And, like, again, the tension's broken immediately with a very, like, I thought, a very well-done comedic scene.
0: Yeah, yes. Bruce Stern did a great job in that scene. I think... And I would also say that while the comedy is there, I don't think the tension goes away. It that, doesn't. Because he comes back out. wonderful cut... Where he comes back out the door, and you see that Margaret Qualley is the only one standing there. Mm-hmm. Like, where the fuck did everyone else go? Yeah, yeah. I that
1: cut sent like a big shiver down my spine. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. The tension doesn't yeah. go away, and I think that like, Tarantino got like, if there's one thing that he definitely got right here, it was the Manson called like the fear around them.
0: They were very scary. They were legitimately very scary in a in a very yeah. real way.
1: Well, also like serial killing was really big in like the sixties, seventies yeah. and eighties on the West Coast. So like yeah. it was like a thing that I guess it was just like going to the supermarket, it's like up oh, gonna get murdered. Yeah, you could be kidnapped yeah and yeah. a lot of hitchhikers were either gonna kill you or getting killed
0: because apparently everyone was into like letting hitchhikers and the- hitchhikers in their car
1: apparently because the west was super free and fun Whatever. but also you were getting gut like a fucking fish there was murderers so that's also like and i mean i think he got that really right because to be honest with you i was very uneasy from like the first time you see these girls they're like singing a song and dumpster diving and i was yeah. like i don't trust you
0: yeah <laughs> And Brad Pitt Pitt handles his slow unease in that scene to, like, having to be, like, the brave cowboy who's going to go in. Brad Pitt does those transitions so quickly and so well. It is, like, microscopic. I I think... These performances, Josh. I think I've
1: forgotten how great of an actor Brad Pitt is.
0: Because he can play a buffoon... And then he can go... Like, in a different movie, he can... Like, I'm thinking back to, like, Burn After Reading. I was Reading, just thinking
1: about Burn After Reading. Where he's,
0: like, a total idiot, and, like, his comedic timing is perfect. He comes here, he's, like, a John Wayne type. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And he... You know what? He gives the third best performance in this movie to Leo and Margot, and he is still this good.
1: Yeah, they're all very it's close. insane. They're very, like, close in.
0: They are. They are.
1: Um. Would you like to move into... The climax. the climax.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else that you... Before we do that, is there anything else you wanted to say about the first, like, half of the movie? Or first, like, two-thirds of the movie? Yes. Yeah. What's up?
1: That little girl.
0: Oh, I know. <laughs> okay. So, wait. Yes. Let's talk about the fact that for a while, this movie, we do end up kind of watching Leo's TV show. Yes. Um. And I... I was here a good friend of mine who I saw the movie with was like not here for it, and I, I was here like, for it. I was so here for it. I was here for it. Um, and Leo did a really good job being both a good actor and a bad actor yeah. at different moments of the TV. Like, yes. it it was brilliant. That Line. yes, that little girl
1: and that little girl just being smart for her age, and like even when she's acting in the TV show, she's acting differently than the way that she would be acting. Yeah, the way that she was acting when she was outside reading the book. To be honest with you, like it's just proof that like. Tarantino's such a good director and like yeah. he's great at giving people like direction, telling them like what to do and how to do it well. Yeah. And I, for one, am, was very pleased by it. That little girl has one of probably one of my favorite scenes in this whole film. Besides the scene we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, yeah. she has one of my favorite scenes in this whole film just her talking to him and like Leo like crying while reading this book I was just
0: <laughs> she like kind of gets into the story of his book and, and like, then uh, she's like
1: consoling him at a point and she's uncomfortable so he calls her a name she doesn't like and like it In acting, like in theater and acting, especially in film, like you have like the idea of like status, which is like high status and low status for a scene, because that's how you get like the dynamics in a scene. And like this, that scene between the two of them was just constant switchings of status, which I thought Mm -hmm. was amazing. The fact that this little girl, like, caught it like immediately i'm like who is this child and like i need to <laughs> cast her she reminded me of who's the little girl from a like, game of thrones the one that plays a uh, oh, lady something um, lady mormon yeah, yeah that little girl reminded me of was, her because yeah, i'm like these like kids are like fucking running the world right now yeah. like it
0: is so i loved that
1: show. yeah that's what i want to talk about so you want to yeah, get into the climax um understand that right now this is gonna be super spoilery so yeah. um Watch the movie and then listen to this part If you haven't already And if you're not going to see the movie Just listen yeah. um, The climax of this film I was super enjoyed it um, uh-huh. I was super tense
0: Yeah it was intense
1: When the movie breaks into act 3 And it's all First of all when I saw Margot Robbie walk out of the house pregnant Yeah I literally said oh no Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, out loud, I said, oh, no. And it was, like, being narrated. I was like, oh, no. We're getting ushered in. And then, like, I saw the date. And then they were like, by 10 p.m. I was like, no. It's getting later in the night. And in two hours, it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, it's, they did, he did a really nice job building to the moment. Um, and, like, reestablishing, like, the actual, like, dynamics of the characters after that six-month time jump. Yeah. I thought that was smart. It was I very really smart. really liked how he did that. Um, let's get to the actual, like, kind of fight.
1: I loved it. Um, yeah. If you know Tarantino's endings... Right. You know Tarantino does gore endings, first of all. Right. I mean, from, from Pope Fig from Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs is the king of gory endings, the one thing that Tarantino's known for is on the last page, a lot of it just says bam, 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 blood, blood, blood. <laughs> the end.
0: <laughs>
1: like, so, I mean, I think that a lot of things paid off from throughout the movie in the end for me, personally. Yeah. Um, This acid-dip cigarette that had no point in anything had a very big point here because it makes you super nervous. Yeah. Like... This suddenly
0: turns the tension up.
1: Yeah, his relationship with his dog really plays a good role here. This Italian woman who you don't know why she's here, but you know that she has amazing hair, she plays a role here, and you're really happy. She's so good. (laughs) These hippies in this car that you're really afraid of, like gripping that gun, and like Leonardo DiCaprio drunkenly gumming out there with margarita, screaming in front of the car while he's holding a gun. Like, there's just everyone super incapacitated. All of Sharon Tate's friends are high as fuck in their bedrooms, and yeah. you're like, "What is wrong with you people? You can't hear me, but leave." Yeah. So like, and then Tarantino does what Tarantino does, and he flips it. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I laugh, screamed, "Oh shit!" for ten minutes straight. There, there's a lot.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. There are things that I really like about this ending. Uh, I really, I really like the reversal is interesting because I think the way it serves Leo's character is really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, because Leo, think about what Leo gets to do. He He's walking, he's been living this like fantasy life his whole life and he's like kind of been brought back down to reality. And here he is, he gets to almost ascend into the gates um, yeah, to, that's to yeah. This to back into this fantasy. He's, he's on Mount. He's,
1: he's going to Mount Olympus. Like it's kind of right. like a, in like Hercules at the end, where like you're a hero now, you can enter Mount Olympus, and right. like that's kind of exactly what that is for him. Like there was this mountain that or he even was like the
0: Pearly Gates of Heaven.
1: Yeah, like there's this mountain he's constantly looking at, and like he's this place that he's trying to attain. Yeah, because I mean, he even says it in the very beginning, like uh maybe if I'm lucky, like. Roman Polanski will see me walking and put me in one of his movies, and, uh, and Brad Pitt's like, "Ah, yeah, if you're lucky." And it's, it
0: was it that whole and like Leo and Sharon Tate's like quick couple dialogue exchanges. I thought they were really really good. Yeah. Um. Here's what I don't like, and this is gonna get into like some shit, but um. So by revising. A very so what Tarantino does here, Sharon Tate survives. Blah blah blah. Um, as very similar to like the inglorious ending, mm-hmm. um, as far as just like subversion of historical, you know. Um. So, Tarantino wants to revise a very real act of violence against a woman that happened. He does that by having his two heroes beat the living shit out of two other women
1: and a dude the
0: dude doesn't get it as hard as women
1: do he got his face stepped in like he got he, his face squished inward he, and his dick ripped off by a was, dog and it
0: was by a dog it was not by the heroes
1: brad pitt steps his face inward like he squishes his face
0: it is not as violent as brad pitt slamming her head yeah into the phone okay yes all around that room or as leo like the the amount of time the camera sits on her getting torched in the pool and like her screaming and running around like the torture of women here is reveled in and i know that they're i know that they're cult serial killers but like it it is it is it's hard to watch it's really uncomfortable in a way that did not feel easy like it, it was it was it was it was a really hard sell and i was i was watching it i was like kept trying to be like okay i know i know they're murderers and like i kept trying to justify what I was watching in my brain and I like I, I couldn't. Especially because it's all used to like get rid of a real like state like violent act on a I Well he
1: watch, didn't do this to like I don't think for him it was like I don't want to show the violence against Sharon Tate. He was just like I'm gonna subvert expectations here. I don't
0: But it was a it was fulfilling a male it was fulfilling like a, a fantasy of saving Sharon Tate but like, by brutal... They could... If, if these two that... If the two other people... Or maybe... The, if say that the dog killed a woman cultist. And the two of them killed two male cultists. This movie would be a 5 out of 5 for me. But... This... 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 Crazy relishing on the violence of a man hitting a woman regardless of, of their circumstances is so it's it's gross it's really really gross i like i like was so disappointed watching it because i was like i love this movie and then it just had to do this (laughs) that's where i went i can see that it was just it was like i just yeah and I hadn't, I can't say, I mean, he, we've seen violence on women before in Tarantino movies. It's never felt so, like, angry. But again, I get it. They're, they're like,
1: murderers. I don't know. To me, this didn't feel, like, angry. This felt so like... Angry. This just felt like, a, to me, just like a Tarantino, like, gore sequence more than anything... Yeah. And it was at the price of like the murders. I mean like
0: it almost even hurts the fact that Sharon Tate hadn't like very little dialogue in the movie for me. Because then suddenly it feels like he didn't have anything for his star female to role to to say. And then he like beats up two other women uh. like brutally while the other guy like his pants are on his balls are getting chewed you're hearing a couple noises and his head gets stepped on sure but like the the way it relishes on the on the violence against the two women cultists was like insane i like i like really like it i remember like even in the theater like my face was just like i
1: don't know I didn't. I didn't see it as like as deep as you did, but I just I had a very different opinion about it than you did. Yeah,
0: no, like I I I've been trying to kind of make sense of it a little bit. I've been reading a lot of different um, takes on it, um, and I might even pitch one myself um, somewhere to see if anybody will take it. But um, yeah, it, it does. It does seem like you know <laughs> more of the women critics are like, yeah, it's this is fucked up as opposed to like the men who are kind of like yeah Tarantino well,
1: I'm not even saying like yeah Tarantino to me no to I'm not saying
0: you're saying that but yeah, uh, just like uh, that's a lot of the different the range of because that to seen.
1: me I think the thing that helps is that like Brad Pitt's character beats the shit out of kind of everyone who touches him I'm not saying that that helps yeah. but like to me it's sort of like an equalizing it's not like that one dude who put like the knife in his wheel, it wasn't like he pushed him to the ground and was like, fix it. And then the guy fixed it and he went easy on him and then like a woman stepped into the house and he beats his face in. Like he brutalizes that man and then when someone steps forward, he goes, step forward and I will break his teeth out. Like this dude is just literally a psychopath that like everyone, I mean, he throws a man into a vehicle when the man says, let's have like a friendly sparring session and try not to hurt each other. And his exact, his immediate response is, toss you into a vehicle and then kind of beat the shit out of you yeah. like he's just he beats the shit out of people i mean after when the dog goes to the second cultist and like he breaks the dude's legs and kicks his ribs in and then the like, curb stomps his face inward i was just like well shit he's yeah. a psychopath and I, I can see where you're coming from with the whole like bashing the girl's face into like the phone for a while it that like, was a little bit of a long for a fight. but also to me the thing was the flamethrower scene i saw it more as like a callback to like earlier when he used the flamethrower on the nazis sure. it's literally if you put both those images side by side they frame exactly the same sure. and i, I like think that. a piece Didn't of it was like that um yeah i mean that's true but i mean this cult was also notoriously mostly women i guess that's we could have had the yeah. guy make it to the end but like this cult is like a mostly woman i can see like if the manson cult was like equal 50 50 men and women and then we had four women different. in the house and they got the shit beat out of them it's like well fuck yeah. but i mean this cult is mostly women that's also true and like the one thing that also helps is, at least for me was that like the gun got passed around multiple hands and wasn't used once by anyone. like if the yeah, gun I was if was the strange. gun was used by the male and incapacitated someone and then the women also got the shit beat out of them, I'd be like, all right, I kind of have an issue here. Yeah. Like I'd have a little bit more of an issue here because it's like I mean, it just seems like this, like all three of these cultists who were coming in to complete a task, which in real life they actually do horrifyingly mm, of course. I think that the thing here is that none of them were able to finish this task. They were all, in my opinion, they were all fucking brutalized. And I think the thing for Tarantino, it was like, he's like, he flips it because the murders that happened in the Tate house Mm. were extremely brutal. I mean, in the Polanski house, like, in real life, were extremely brutal. And I think what Tarantino wanted to do here. And I can see where people are coming from. I think what Tarantino wanted to do here, he's like, he wants to flip it on them. And he's like, I'm brutalizing the people who did the murder. Right. You know what I mean? He goes, this is what should have happened in life. Right. Was somebody should have been there to break these people's faces in for killing senselessly. You know? Because, I mean... Uh, yeah.
0: I, I I wish he held a couple shots that that just were like absolutely brutal.
1: Well, yeah, I, I get that, we're, but like this also, is,
0: this is a bad time to try to.
1: One hundred percent. I think that one thing about Tarantino though is that like he's unapologetic and will also do.
0: Whatever the fuck he wants, he yeah, will
1: do whatever the fuck he wants. He will do Tarantino gore scenes, which is fine. Till the cows, come home. I get where you're coming from, though, and I can I, I see 100% where you're coming from. And I see where critics are coming from with it. I think that the thing with Tarantino here, the one thing I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and be like Tarantino hates women because of the scene. I didn't think yeah. that it, um
0: it made me wonder like like i don't even want to think that though well because and, like, it, this made me be like i kn- well, know like i know he does it. like I, I go back to kill bill and i'm like okay he well also because i life.
1: know for a fact with like uma thurman in your life you can't really yeah. get away with things because uma yeah. thurman is the type to sit down and speak you through things you know right. what i mean i think the thing about Tarantino, and this isn't i guess i don't want to sound like i'm caping for him. i think the thing about tarantino is that like He's like, I'm going to make this movie the way I want to make it. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is what's going to happen. And you're, you take it or you leave it.
0: Yeah, um, I read a good take that was like... Tarantino kind of wrote... An, like, like kind of um, is ascending himself into a uh, level of filmmaking that you kind of can't do as much anymore. Like, like yeah. these, these kind of directors...
1: I think he shot. Did he shoot? I know he shot *Hateful Eight on film. Did he shoot this on film? Uh,
0: th- I don't know. I think it was thirty-five millimeter. Was the was the print? So yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Because
1: that's extremely expensive and almost goddamn yeah, impossible in current day.
0: Um, but um, yeah. He. I read a good take that was like Tarantino is kind of saying goodbye to this, like, kind of no political bullshit filmmaking and storytelling that he's gotten to do before. Yeah. Um, And that the, the, the take was that like that he feels the need to do that is sad. And I, I think I kind of agree with that. Like, like yeah. that. Yeah. Like there's so much that I love about this movie. And then you get to that moment. It's like, whoa, whoa.
1: Whoa. Yeah, because I think that, like, for this film, at least, Tarantino wasn't putting... I don't think Tarantino puts his mind on politics or, like,
0: things no, like that. but that's irresponsible to I know, do it's very this, irresponsible like, right in now. this
1: day, and it, I get yeah. it is irresponsible to do but I think that, like... I think the thing for him, he was like, dude, I just want to tell stories, man. But again, yeah. there's, like, that level of privilege that goes into being able to do that and, right. like, senselessly not care. Um, yeah. You got anything else
0: to add to this?
1: No, I think we really... Yeah, we covered it. We covered all basil. Yeah.
0: Um, how many huffs?
1: I'm gonna give it 4.5. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four. Okay. Yeah. Again, the 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 first two and a half hours. Before, like, the last, like, 20 minutes. The are, fact that you are, can
1: seriously say that sentence is like, yeah, this I movie's kind of fucking long. A,
0: a solid 5 out of 5 for me until we get to the climax. And even parts of the climax I kind of like. But there's there's some execution issues that, like, like really felt gross to me. Um, So, yeah, 4. Mm-hmm. 4 out of 5. Cool. That's a review of Once Upon a Time in Once Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. My recommendation this week... Is Carol's on Netflix?
1: Ooh, I think it might be leaving
0: soon as well. Hey, Carol, Carol, um, starring it's a Todd Haynes film starring um Cape Blanchett Blanchett Rooney Mara as like a lesbian couple. Um, I like didn't love this movie when I saw it in theaters, but I rewatched it. I I don't know if you saw that IndieWire released their like top 100 movies of the decade. I um,
1: I saw Other people release theirs, and then that's how I found out about the IndieWire one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the IndieWire one was kind of, like, a big deal. Um, And I rewatched Carol as I'm, like, kind of putting together my own. Um, And I did like it a lot more. It's not going to be Make Mine, but I did like it a lot more than I did the first time I saw it in theaters. Um, It's kind of this really, like, old-school 50s yarn with, like, a lot of contemporary issues explored. Um, and it's beautifully made, and Kate Blanchett is truly phenomenal in it. So is Sarah Paulson, um, even Kyle Chandler. Um, so yeah, Carol, Netflix, uh, sooner than later. Nice. Do you want to take us into our social?
1: Let's do it. Um, if you like Instagram, follow me at uh, oh great, underscore, it's Josh um if you want to see me tweet to my friends that i'm funnier than them follow <laughs> me on twitter at jayranosaurus at j-a-y-r-a-n-o-s-a-u-r-u-s if you like us and you want to see us on instagram we are at Poppers and Popcorn, one word straight through if you want to email us we are Popcorn at gmail.com your turn um, on
0: Instagram, I am SeaOtter318. It's turned like, it's gotten like a little thotty as I've been going to the beach a lot. Mm, sorry. Yeah, he's a summer or don't, Or I'm not sorry, and you have to look at my large hairy nipples. Sorry, world. <laughs> um, and then on Twitter, I am Dr. Underscore, Dr. D-R underscore D-O-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y. Um, next week, we're going to do... Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. The uh, Fast and the Furious. Um Spinoff. Spin I'm I'm actually really excited for it. I think the trailers are hysterical.
1: Obis and Shaw.
0: Um rate and review us on iTunes. Please. Please. <laughs> um otherwise we will uh, see you next Tuesday. See you
1: next Tuesday. Alright guys. Bye. bye. Please don't die.